much love. Old MacDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. It's episode 19, season five, Rabbit Love. <laughs> Hi, Julie. Hi, Renee. What are we talking about this week, Renee? We're talking about the subculture of furries, Julie. Would you like to tell <laughs> our innocent, chaste, virginal listeners <laughs> what is what is a furry? I mean... <sighs> I talked I talked to my son about this because I was like, what can you give me? What can you tell me about furries? Furries is a subculture, and I'm not exactly sure where it originated or or what they really believe in, but it's you ever watch Zootopia, Julie? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's the idea that people have these like personas and they wear these costumes, which could more or less be explained as like looks like a mascot. Yeah, Julie, costume. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna correct you real quick. Um, they're called fursonas. Uh, oh, because okay. the furry the furry community are a people who love puns. So uh I yeah, it's this. A fursona. Where I think that they they believe like they 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 not they believe, they are they also have an animal kin, is what they call it. An animal kin like whatever the animal is 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 like who they are on the in- like that's who they are and so they build these incredible honestly um elaborate outstanding uh fursuits that's what they call them uh that are their fursona so i went to a furry convention um i guess like was it last week yeah <laughs> it was last ago. week yeah yeah it was last week and um my son asked me to accompany him and uh, it was actually a baller time. I had a great time. I got to embarrass my kid, which was great. I bought a mouse pad with a dragon with huge titties um, and the titties are the wrist rest and it's the most Perfect. comfortable mouse pad I've ever had in my life. And I figured I would bring it to work. You know, it doesn't have nipples. So I was like, well, that that's fine. That's, that, that's appropriate. Um, and I've actually decided to just keep it at home because it's so comfortable. Um, so I'm using it right now as we're recording this episode. I've got my titty uh, dragon mouse pad. But um, I feel like of the furries that I met, they don't take themselves too seriously. Like they, they like a good joke. Um, I spent probably about $300 in their market at the furry convention. And I regret nothing. I bought mouse pads i bought t-shirts i bought stickers so many fucking stickers i bought a sticker from my car that has a wolf tail on it and it says i'm not in heat stop riding my tail <laughs> and then my daughter saw it and she's like please don't put that in the car and i was like i'm gonna put it on your side of the car and she's like no um so there are big feelings about the furry community um from even 10 year olds but i had a hell of a time i went to like I went to one of their like breakout rooms and they were doing like a family feud game. And so there were people without their furry costumes and then people in their costumes just playing family feud. And it was a riot. I had a great time. 
and it was like an incredibly inclusive environment and community it was colorful it was decorative and i got to choose a fursona name that went on my badge so obviously julie you know i chose mothman but if i could if i could do it again um i i so many years ago when i was still dating men i met this guy on one of the apps whose last name was renault which is Fox, obviously, right? So I was like, oh, I was like, imagine my last name was Renault and it was René Renault and we've talked about this. And I was like, if I could do it again, I would make myself a Fox. But, you know, I have to lean into my cryptid beginnings. So um, anyway, it was it was a really good time. And, and I've talked about it before. And I love being around people in their element, people who are otherwise, you know, typically ostracized, just being in a community of others like themselves um it was great Uh, i also when i bought my ticket i also paid for like a t-shirt um i didn't think i was gonna get it because i honestly thought i was just like donating money but i did get the t-shirt and they gave me one because the theme was like broadway or something and so it's a t-shirt and it's did you ever did you ever see the play wicked Mm -hmm. okay so it's that poster um, so it's like two witches, but they're also furries. Uh, <laughs> and I love it. I love everything about it. So, um, I mean, the furry community is more than just conventions. It is. Um, I, 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 w- I don't know enough about it. I wish I did. I, th- I think it's so interesting because it's like when I was a kid, I wanted to be all kinds of things. I wanted to be a sailor scout. I wanted to be, you know, a dragon. I wanted to be all kinds of things. And to believe in your core that that's who you are just feels so cool. And like to be part of a community that's like, yeah, I see you. You're a fox. It's like, yeah, I see you. You're a fucking dragon. And then it's like, oh shit, you built this incredible outfit. I love it. Um, at the convention, you could adopt fursuits. So it was like people who had either gone on to build like another fursuit or whatever. And I was like, oh, look, they're even recycling. Like these people are doing the most. (laughs) (laughs) I met a woman actually from Ottawa and her fursona, I think was a rat as is my son's fursona and her husband's fursona was also a rat. So they were the only people in the whole market that had like rat gear but she had um like fur furry costumes that you could adopt and one of them looked like the dad from bluey which i was like cool um (laughs) but she was great she told me how hot it is in ottawa which back which which backed up what you've been saying about the humidity in ottawa and how much she loved being in edmonton where it's dry as fuck and i was like that's probably better for like being inside a fursuit um I left the convention early because I had a wicked headache. Um, but I, I left my son behind and he was texting me about like how many friends he was making. But as I was leaving, I, there was there was a minivan and there are two young women getting dressed in their fursuits. And then what I assume is their mother helping them get dressed. She had a fanny pack and a ball cap and she was helping them get dressed. And I'm like, this community brings people together. Um, I love it. Yeah, and so I mentioned all this um, to you, and you were like, let's do an episode, because I bought a book, didn't I? So I bought a book from a furry 
who was selling other books and I asked him explicitly for his sexiest book, which he gave Oof. me. Yeah. And um, he, he said, you know, I didn't edit this book, but I do have a couple stories in it because it's a book of short stories. So I asked him, I was like, could you please just sign it? Could you sign it if you have? And he's like, yeah. And he seemed so touched. Um, then he started to go through some of like the, uh, I want to say taboos in the book because it's called Taboo. But he was doing it in front of my kid. And so I was like, I'm going to stop you right there, young man. Um, <laughs> we don't need to talk about panties in front of my son. But thank you so much. So I did buy a book there. And that's how we – sorry, that's a long – that's the eight-minute uh, <laughs> explanation of the furry community as I know it from having been in it. Um, I'm not – I'm an embarrassing mom, I think. I don't know. But a lot of people thought that my son was my boyfriend. And I was like, nay, nay. I birthed Oof. this this gentleman. <laughs> um, I don't like that about my life. But you know what? In the free community, anything goes. <laughs> anything goes. So, <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> this is not my scene. Uh, but like so many of the things that we've talked about on this show. Um, most you know, things aren't your scene. No, mo- most I know what my lane is, and it ain't this. But I'm not yucking your yum. And the fact that when you went to the convention, the vibes were good, and that people were accepting, and it really was just like people happy to be in this safer space together. I love it. So for them, I'm happy. For myself, oh, <laughs> let me tell you about the tale that I fucking read this week, buddy. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Hit me. Okay. Well, t- so, so before you get into it, how did you find your book? Um, I put furry into <laughs> the Kobo store. Okay. Okay. And I got instantly some hits. And then <laughs> I got just books that had like furry in the title. So there was a lot of books on like cat hobbyists <laughs> and like teaching your cat tricks and shit um but yes that is how i found my book so mine was an ebook it was about um 60 pages Mm um i paid money for it it was like four (laughs) dollars or something okay and um well do you remember a scene in 40 year old virgin when they discover that Steve Carell is a virgin because of how he describes feeling up a woman and describes it as like two bags of sand. <laughs> Julie, I can quote every line for 40 year old virgin. Please continue. <laughs> so that's who I think wrote this book. This book is written by someone who perhaps has strong feelings about the furry community. Maybe he's a member of the furry community. But I'm going to go on the record as saying has never had sex. (laughs) Um, So this book was chock-a-block with incomprehensible writing. Many spelling mistakes, many typos. um, Even the title. Now, the image on the cover is... even describe it so the book's called in a cubs embrace okay but there should be an apostrophe on cubs and there isn't so that should have been my first indication 
But then I was like, oh, maybe it's a cubs embrace, like multiple cubs. Anyways, I read in a cubs embrace. Oh, I just uh, I just pulled it up. That's a hell of a hell of a cover. Right. So there is this trope that has been turned into a meme on TikTok where women who read romance ask their husbands to do the pose and the pose is like their arms are up on a door frame. <laughs> so yeah. that's what this is, but it's like a sexy um <laughs> like cup. Yeah, yeah, you're with me. Yeah. Um wearing like a bell around its neck, but like jacked. Uh, yeah. And it's leg spread, but like it cuts off just before the genitals. Mm-hmm. So I unsurprisingly could not find any information about Stanley Rand. Um, but Stanley Rand wrote in a cub's embrace. Well, that's, so that's Ayn Rand's grandson. <laughs> Descendant. <laughs> uh, that would explain why midway through the book, it just goes off on a libertarian rant. No, JK. Um, so I'm going to say Kyuji. I'm not sure if that's actually how it's pronounced. I apologize. So Kyuji is a puma who is 18 from <laughs> Chile and now living in Kenya. Okay. None of that is relevant to the story. Why they get into it, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's so, character development, Julie. Well, yeah, but then you gotta fucking come back to it. You don't just fucking <laughs> dump all this information in the first fucking paragraph and then forget it. So, Kyuji <laughs> is a puma who is 18 from Chile and now living in Kenya. I mean, could you pick more random places? Um, Doesn't miss his... A real well-traveled puma. Uh, doesn't miss his disapproving family back in Chile, but does miss his friend Akio. And then, next paragraph, Akio is dead. And you're like, okay. So why are we talking about fucking Akio? What's happening here? He's um, a morning. And then, what helped him heal from his grief is meeting Mitsuru, who is an otter. Uh, they go to a beach to be alone and spend time together. And they talk about their homework, their students together. They talk about their lives. And then begins a 45-page sex scene. <laughs> that is absolutely fucking deranged. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most unhinged thing I've ever fucking read because it's like a paragraph with terrible syntax, spelling mistakes all over the place, and then just like four spaces and then another paragraph. So they have various forms of sex for 45 pages and it's all the same afternoon at the beach. So I understand you're 18, but like, I don't know any dude that can reload that many times, but they fool around. Okay. So they're fooling it's around. It's a furry run springer. <laughs> oh my God. So they're fooling around and then it's just like kissing and touching each other and shit. And then Mitsuru, the otter is like, Oh my god, my tummy hurts. I have this this tummy pain that I get sometimes. We need to go in the water and then that'll help. And then Kyuji is like, what do you mean you have like a stomach pain? And then he's like, yeah, I get this like stomach pain. And then he re then he's like, oh, it's because you need to come. And he's <laughs> like, you need to 
paw off. Uh, and what? And um, Mitsuru is like, what does that mean? And then he basically, instead of just saying masturbating, he then uses like 500 words. And then Mitsuru is like, oh, like touching yourself. And he's like, yeah, you're 18 years old. Like you've never masturbated. And he's like, no, my dad told me I would go blind if I did that. And he's like, you won't. So he paws him off. And then he has his first orgasm, which again, I'm like, what man doesn't have an orgasm until he's 18? But anyways. Especially um, an otter. Let's be real. They fuck dead birds. Let's, come on. <laughs> like, come on. So these two young men, an otter and a puma. Julie, are, they're not they're not men. They're furries. I apologize. They're, they're creatures. Yeah. And <laughs> he then, in return, jerks off Kyuji, but he says. Oh, it's like playing a song. And then he starts jerking him off to the rhythm of his favorite song. What's his favorite song? It doesn't say. And I wasn't sad that they didn't tell me because the fucking words they (laughs) used for genitalia and other things. So the amount of times that Dick was referred to as thingy. <laughs> like a child wrote this. A horny child. Like literally it was like he was pawing at my thingy and then my thingy was pulsating and then I could feel his thingy and I was like, "Oh my god." Um <laughs> semen was referred to as boy milk. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, they end up having anal sex at one point. He refers to his ass as a, a tail hole, which I think might actually be something in the furry community. That sounds like something that would yes, be a thing. It is. Um, and then when Mitsuru, who again, until two hours prior, had never even masturbated, is now performing anal sex. <laughs> We're like, we fucking leapt to the fucking conclusion. Oh, he was a uh, top this whole time. He then topped him? Yeah, you're like, okay. Um, and then I'm just, this direct quote, he was then flooding Kyuji's bowels with his sweet nectar of love. <laughs> <laughs> Flooding his bowels, Ah! repulsive, and then sweet nectar of love. I mean, they bring it back, right? (laughs) God, like Like bowels, love, huh? Yeah, you're like, no one is making love to someone's bowels. Like, you fuck someone's bowels. I mean, you don't even fuck their bowels. You fuck their fucking anal cavity. Speak for yourself, Julie. Speak for yourself. (laughs) And then they're like, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. The end. Aww. There was. They're in love. And that's why I think it was written by like a horny teenager that still wanted to write a romantic story. Renee. (laughs) It was distressing. I like it was so upsetting and I already wasn't into it because I'm like nothing about furry like I have met men who would be like furries are fucked and then in the dark are like do you want to wear this tail butt plug like and these ears like I don't 
get it. And again, I don't yuck people's yums, but I just like, there's nothing about, even if it had been better written, there's just nothing hot about it to me as we've heard me lament several times in reading shifter romance like i don't (laughs) want sex and animals in the same fucking sentence like i just can't do it so do not recommend uh (laughs) spending four (laughs) dollars to get this book but uh if you want to look up the very provocative cover uh would recommend that you check out our instagram because you will see it um in a cubs embrace by stanley rand i'm giving it zero out of minus five out of five for spice and no accoutrement because this man didn't know what the fuck he was doing from the jump and none of it made sense and again he said the word thingy in reference Uh to male genitalia so no I mean, no, thank you. <laughs> there's a lot of um, diaper play I learned in the furry community, so I could see oh. how they might like infantilize some of like it. Like age play and furry in the same breath. You know it, baby. Oof. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. As I know, I know it's it's weird and strange to us, but furry community is nothing but a community of allies. Um, I mean, if you, if you Google furries and like news, there's like news articles about them beating up Nazis and fascists and shit. And I am here for that always. Okay. So it's like a, like a juggaloo situation where you're like, do not judge it by the cover. Imagine being a fucking skinhead and you're like, yeah, we showed them. And then a pack of mascots rolls up (laughs) with baseball bats and beats the shit out of you. That's what. That's who I want leading my funeral procession. That is absolutely fair. Yeah, absolutely yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so- but it is uncomfortable. It is, and it's just not my jam. Um, so you read a real paper book that you bought from a person. So- I sure did, Julie. But you, I think you said last week when we talked about it that it was a book with multiple stories in it. It is. It's a book of short stories. Uh, Before I go on, though, there's an important term in the furry community, which I didn't see in my book, but I had my son explain it to me, which he found incredibly embarrassing and I thought was informative. Um, I found a sticker and it just said like yiff on it. And I was like, what's what's yiffing? And he's like, you Mm -hmm. don't want to know. It's like, I absolutely want to know. Please tell me. Tell me loudly. Um, cause I was at like a booth and I was like, what's yiffing? Um, it's fucking, it's fucking in the furry community. I, I did almost buy a sticker that was like yiffing on it. And he was like, please don't do that. Um, I bought a lot of other furry adjacent stickers, but not that one. Um, yeah. So I, I bought a book called taboo at, at the behest of the, um, the gentleman selling books at this table. Um, and he like he's he was telling me that you know he he didn't edit the book but that he had a couple stories in it as did his wife and i was like cool so i had him sign my book and his name is um tarl quote voice hotch um he was very excited about this book he like i said had no problem telling me about the various taboos in the book um in front of my kid Although, to be fair, my kid does not look like my child. He looks like my lover, and it's very awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but really a testament to my 
infinite youthful use. look yes yeah <laughs> immortality um, so the cover of my book um has i guess like a student uh who's pregnant she's in her school uniform she's a red panda and in the background is a, a what i expect is that i know who is it's the teacher and he's a panther so these are anthropomorphic red panda and panther and then when I checked the book, I was like, well, you know, what? I'm going to read, I want to read what's on the cover. And as it happens, the cover is ba- is a cover to the story that the, the gentleman I was talking to, he wrote the oh. book. He wrote one called The Red Panda Girl. So I started reading it and I was like, this is not for me. This one is not for me at all. Um, you know, to, but to his credit, she was 18. So she was legal. Um, and she was not pregnant with the teacher's baby. She was pregnant with her fiancés, who was a Ooh. recent graduate. He was a graduate. He was, he was a student. But I was like, oh, this isn't for me. And so then I went and I looked. Oh, he has another story. And that story is the last one in the book. And it's called Scent of Heaven. And I was like, wow, that actually sounds beautiful. Nay, nay, mm-hmm. Julie. It was about panties. It was about stealing, mm. ejaculating, and sniffing panties. Not for me. It was also teenagers. I was like, no, gross. Mm. So like, okay, I got to find another one. There was a surprising amount of military stories in here. And again, I don't I don't love military stories. I don't find them interesting, so I I skipped over those. And I settled on one called Promises. And it's written by uh Yanara uh, China. Yanara Chia. Yanara Chia's fursona is a cheetah. It's a cheetah lady. Okay. Um, I found out after I read the story that actually Yanara is the gentleman's wife. I didn't realize. I didn't know till after I looked her up. Mm. Yeah. So my story um, was set. I want to say it was set in like a fantasy, a fantasy day. Um, here's what the back of the book says. It says every society has taboos from sacred vows, which must never be broken to the limitations of sexual expression. These are more, uh, uh, these and more make up 14 scandalous stories answering the question, which line would you cross? And I crossed my own line by reading multiple stories in this book. So promises by Inara China. Um, we meet Mort. Um, and Mort is an otterkin. So just like your book, I have an otter in mine. Mm. Now, Mortimer has been betrothed to a woman. Uh, I don't actually know what kind of animal she is. Uh, it doesn't matter because she's a piece of work and he is not interested because he's gay. He's a gay otterkin to wealthy parents. And he does not ever want to marry a woman. But even if he had to, he not her. She's not... You know, in, in in human in human misogyny, we would we would describe her as a battle axe. Um, doesn't want to be with her, so he has decided he's gonna try and run away and get help, so he doesn't have to marry this woman. So in his village, um, there is this pact, this like uh, agreement between the animal kin people and the fae of fairies who live in this like woodland and in the forest 
the animal kin are never to go in the forest and the fairies are never to come into the animal land. So the animal people get like the, the prairies and the rivers for all their living and the, and the fairy folk get the woods. So there are all of these like old wives tales and, and folklore and stuff about what happens if you go into the woods. But Mortimer is so desperate to like just get out of this marriage that he decides he's going to go into the woods to try and find a fae to ask for help because he thinks that the fae probably have magic. So he's running into the woods. He's stripping off his his marriage clothing and he uh, runs into the woods like in just his underclothes. Um, and as he's running, he notices that like it's getting dark. So he, the sun is setting. He's not run into any fae yet, but he's going to curl up and try and get to sleep. So as he's doing that, he's kind of like rolled up um, under a tree or something. And then he hears somebody speak to him and is like, what do you think you're doing here? Um, and he looks and there's like this teeny tiny little seven inch creature. And it's kind of described as like a moth fairy with talons. And I was like, you know what? If I, if I were to have a fursuit as a moth ma'am, that's kind of what it would look like. Um, so it's like the soft, fluffy little, little creature with a really long tail and these antennae. Um, and it's super fucking cute. It's kind of bluish and stuff. So he's like, what are you, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, hey man, like, uh, don't eat E. And he's like, I'm going to eat you. Like, what the, like the fuck are you doing here like there's a pact you're not supposed to be here like there's a promise did you ever read a promise is a promise by robert munch no i don't think so okay so it's it's basically about a story about how like you can't break a promise or monsters are going to come and eat you and steal your family similar similar story. okay <laughs> promises matter <laughs> yes promises matter so um he meets this little little character whose name is like Speckvin and he's like hey so um he's like yeah look uh I am trying to run away from an arranged marriage and I was I came here looking for help and he's like well I don't want to help you you you're promised to somebody and like we don't break promises it's like also like what are you doing here like you've broken the pact that you broke his promise and he's like like, I just really need help. Like, this is not who I am. I don't like women. I, I, I can't do this. Can you help me? Do you have magic? Do you have, like, what, what can you do? And he's like, look, he's like, uh, I do have some magic, actually. I could probably, I could probably help you. Um, but I'll only help you in exchange for a trade. Now, I can't say that Yanara, uh, Yanara China definitely knows her fairy lore in addition to her um furry lore because not only does our our otter kin character give the fairy his full name which is mortimer golf which you don't do you don't give a fairy your fucking name all right that's that's rule number one you know how like you don't talk about fight club you don't give a fairy your name but our otter kin doesn't know this he doesn't know shit about fairies so he gives him his full name it's over it's over from that point on um but he's like okay you want to trade? Well, I ha- I don't have anything. I left all my wedding clothes out um, in, in like at the border. I, I have nothing. He's like, I don't actually want your clothes. Um, 
what I want is your body. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, look, he's like, before the pact, you know, I would hook up with um, you, you people all the time. And it was great. And I haven't done that since. And he's like, how could you possibly be that old? But he's like, he's a fucking fairy. That's why he's that old. Stupid fucking otter. Don't know shit about fairies. Um, so he's like, he's like, well, what does that mean? He's like, I want to make you feel good. He's like, I want to make you feel good. And that's what I mean by I want your body. And he's like, okay, all right, cool. Yeah, we're going to fuck. All right, let's do that. So they decide that they're going to fuck. This little fairy is like, you know, just lean back. Let me, let me take care of you and uh, you're going to have a great time. And then, uh, he's like, well, listen, he's like, if you miss having relations with other animal kin like myself why don't you just cross and he's like well i'm not an oath breaker i don't break promises um so he uses that as like don't worry like i promise i'm going to get you out of this arranged marriage um and also make you feel good in the process so you could trust this little fairy right so this little fairy starts like getting all up in his little business so he's like yum yum nipples yum yum ear like getting all over him and then um our boy mort is like i want to i wish this this little fairy was like the same size as me so i could kiss him on the mouth so he grabs the fairy and he's like hey what are you doing um like this was not part like you didn't this was not the promise this wasn't the deal you can't touch like you can't touch me you can't do this and he's like no let's just like let's just get let's just get together and so then he um kind of like max on this little this little fairy and he ends up fingering his butthole with his pinky finger and the little fairy's like i love it then the fairy's like stop i i want to come inside of you and he's like well okay you're teeny tiny you can't do that he's like just fucking watch me and so he goes back to back to like pleasuring this little otter um but as he was fingering his little fairy butthole um he was like sitting in in the otter's palm so we got some pre-cum in the otter's palm and the otter sees it and it's actually like really shiny and silvery like mercury. Um, and he like can't resist the urge to lick it. And that's the other thing, Julie. I don't know if you know a lot about fairies. Uh, they're a big deal no. in my house growing up. You don't you don't eat fairy food. You don't you don't take anything from fairies. Certainly not food. Um, and in this case, I guess his pre-cum was food because he's like go ahead and lick it just do it and he's like okay and he licks up this pre-cum and again if it wasn't over by him giving the fairy his name it's double over now it's fucking over he has no idea <laughs> i know i'm not even finished the the story yet and i know this i know it's it's fucking over um <laughs> so he licks up this pre-cum in his hand he's like oh it tastes like honey yum, yum, yum. um and then the little fairy is like okay i'm going i'm gonna take care of you now so just fucking deal with it um and then i guess as he's like licking his little otter dick or whatever um he then like penetrates him so he uses his magic to make his like fairy penis humongous or whatever um and then they fuck and then uh um he comes the otter comes and when he wakes up he's like oh man that was really great and then he's like looking around and uh, he sees this like silver thing and like just like the pre-com and he's like oh what's that and then he kind of like looks up and he sees the fairy and the fairy's holding the silver stuff in his hand and then it's like leading over to mort and mort has 
the silver stuff around his neck because he has been enslaved by the fairy and that's how it ends. So the fairy used his, his come to enslave an otter. But you know what? He didn't break his promise because that otter's not going anywhere. So he's never going to have to marry that woman. So that's how the story ends. Now, um, I had to ask my son what a couple of these words mean in here. <laughs> I was like, Liam, what's a metus? So M-E-A-T-U-S. Um, oh, that was not in mine. What is a metus? It's nothing it's really. It's it's an entrance. It's a meaty entrance in your body. So in this instance, I imagine it's the butthole. Um, and then glands, not with a D, G-L-A-N-S. It's a real word. What do you think it means? Oh, balls is what I was thinking, but because mm. I'm thinking glands, I think. No, it's um, basically like the head of a penis around the urethra. Like the entrance, like the urethra. So it's not the urethra. It's just oh. the area where the urethra resides. I guess maybe another he- word for head of penis. But um, Interesting. you know what? Yamar- Yanara's story was so incredibly well written. Never once did she use the word penis, butthole, anus. No, no, no everything but like beautiful language like i was just like wow this is really beautiful like she didn't say thingy is what you're saying never said thingy (laughs) never said thingy but like real creative language and i knew exactly what she was talking about with the exception of medis and glands i was like i don't know what a medis is but i love it i love that (laughs) as a word um very yeah very very um eloquent i think and i'm just like wow you know what uh I would say that your talent is wasted, but there is a huge furry community. So they're buying her stuff. Um, Yeah. Incredibly well written. I liked that it was kind of like a fantasy story instead of like an army story or a panty story. I didn't find it nearly as problematic as some of the others. Um, I mean, yeah. Okay. Listen, this young otterkin did get tricked by a fairy, um, but that's, that's just fairy. That's common fairy knowledge fairies trick people that's just what they do it's it's their nature right just like it's it's in the in the nature of an otter to um commit necrophilia it's just part of their (laughs) nature they can't help it um uh, you know at least the fairy is creative right and it just sounds like um this fairy is going to make this otter very happy and didn't break his promise didn't promises matter right absolutely anyway you know what i didn't think it was spicy necessarily um it was definitely very clear that it was an animal with an animal-ish fairy um but it was it was like gay dudes so it it wasn't really attract like sexy for me but it was like shockingly well written like i cannot believe how well written this story was for a short story i was like yanara look i need you to go and just like write like a live laugh love situation like (laughs) well it's just such a good juxtaposition because my story was so poorly written that at least one of us got some quality literature this week so what are you gonna read us um i think i'm just gonna 
it's, it's there's so much happening here. I did, you know, I did ear like dog ear a page. Why did I do that? I'm just gonna read whatever's on this page. I don't remember what it is. Oh, I'm I'm just gonna read you're gonna it. Surprise yourself and everyone else at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know where to start. Uh. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Let's see here. The little fay flitted a little higher, so his face leveled with Mort's. Your body, Mortimer Golf. I want your body. None of your people uh, break the uh, sorry. None of your people break the pact and come across borders anymore. I cannot go past them myself, and I so do miss the touch of a mortal on my body and my tongue. Um, why not? I mean, if you've got magic, why can't you just go across and um do that? Speckvin's ears folded back, and he narrowed his eyes as he spat. I am no oathbreaker, Mortimer Golf. That is beyond me, and I would never do so. He made a cutting gesture with his paw. No matter how strong my lusts, once we make a promise, it must be kept. Mort tilted his head sideways and looked closer at the little fay. Looking at him as a male instead of just a smaller creature, the offer turned in his head with growing appeals. So you're saying that if I um, give you my body, you would promise to help me find a way to break my arranged marriage and you would have to keep it? On my honor, uh, on my honor, Mortimer Golf, that is what I would do uh, if so promised. Biting his bottom lip gently with his fang tips, Mort looked sep... sep I'm sorry. Speckvin over, making note, despite the male being small, he was quite well built. Beneath his fur, Mort could see the play of some beautiful muscle definition. Almost as if Spe Speckvin could read <laughs> Mort's mind, he, uh, he spread his arms to his side and slowly turned in a full circle, letting Mort see his whole body. I know I'm not of a size you would find uh, compatible, but trust me, Mortimer Golf, I can promise you pleasure like you've never experienced. Mort could feel his cheeks blush beneath his fur as Speckvin let the heat creep into his voice. He shivered. It's really forbidden for anyone to interact with you, Faye, though. Speckvin chuckled. It's also forbidden for you to cross the border, and yet here we are, Mortimer Golf. Swallowing hard and licking his muzzle, his soft, uh, his soft voice a whisper. I, I guess I really am out of options, honestly. The Faye grinned and flitted closer. Is this what you want, Mortimer Golf? You must say it. Biting his lip, Mort nodded slowly. I don't know how this is going to work, but all right. He exhaled and then looked uh, the small male in the eyes. Yes, I'll trade you my body for your help, Speckvin. <laughs> At those words, Speckvin shivered and Mort could see his fur fluff up, making the fay look larger for a moment. Mm, yes, now undress, just, <laughs> undress and just lean back, Mortimer Golf, and trust me. Feeling a mix of nervousness and a little bit of the uh, usual uh, excitement when taking a new lover, Mort uh, stood to pull his undershirt off. Laying it on the ground over the leaves he sat on, his paws hovered over the ties of his underbreeches. Uh, sparing a quick glance at Speckvin, he, his eyes widened as he saw the fae watching him eagerly, already slowly rubbing a taloned paw over his slightly bulging sheath. His cheeks heated under his fur and he licked his muzzle. With no further hesitation, he pushed his undergarments to the forest floor, kicking it haphazardly beside his shirt. Why do you do that? Call me by my whole name, I mean. 
Laying down on the cushion uh, provided by his clothing in the leaves, Mort leaned against the tree, propping his knees up and watching Specfin fly closer to him. Why, it is the name you gifted me with, is it not? I asked you what your name was, and that is what you told me, Specfin landed on Mort's shoulder, the gentle breeze from his wings stirring the otter's fur slightly. As Specfin let his weight full uh, left his weight full on Mort's shoulder, the otter could feel the non-retractable talons pressed through his fur and against his skin. His flesh tingled at the touch. Besides, I would think it rude, if not disrespectful, to call you by such a wonderful name. Anyway, it just kind of goes on. Call like me that. by your name. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the, he's just gonna kind of like play at his fur, and he's gonna be like, "Oh my god, I feel so nice," and he's like. Oh, well, don't you have magic? And he's like, I have magic to make you feel good. And he just keeps saying, like, trust me. Don't trust a fucking fairy. That's the <laughs> message here. And you know what? I, th I think Yanara knew that. Um, that's why this, this little short story is so clever. It is just so clever. I liked it a lot regardless of the content. It was easy. It was easy to enjoy the story without getting hung up on all the all the furry politics <laughs> so anyway uh 10 out of 10 because the writing was so fucking good it was so good it was like a real novelist <laughs> it was like really Love good it. yeah anyway um i don't know if i'm gonna read the other stories uh you know the panty one was not great but i am gonna say this right now that um you know i'm sorry that i met yanara's husband and not her um and i'm sorry that he signed my book and not her but he was absolutely correct in that this book was nothing but taboos um i do appreciate though in hindsight now that when he was sharing about the taboos he was actually just talking about the stories that he wrote for this book <laughs> yeah so i paid 25 dollars for this book um and i also annotated as i went um so now this book of furry taboo literature i say loosely is annotated and one day <laughs> it's gonna end up in a fucking value village and someone's gonna be like who's the bitch taking that, notes <laughs> taking notes of this furry anyway um i regret nothing 10 10 10 10 wait what are you reading for me this week sweet i'm Jesus? just gonna end with nothing but regret so <coughs> fucking buckle up buckos because we're on a trip so i'm not gonna read you like it was so hard to find a part to read because it was 45 pages of sex scenes and Oof. So I'm going to read you some of the kind of near the end, just so you can get a sense of like, it just was so inconsistent. Like it would be like filthy fucking using words like thingy. And then all of a sudden like sappiness and like philosophical shit. I was just like, whoever wrote this has never actually had a sexy picnic with another person <laughs> because the way they're describing it doesn't make no sense. <clears throat> so they're lying on their have little you, blankets. Have you had a sexy picnic? I've never banged on the beach. No, I've had sexy picnics. Like I've had like picnic dates where you're like flirting and kissing or whatever. But like I've never you, banged anyone on the beach. So how do you know this person never has? Because there's absolutely no way that someone would go from I've never masturbated to like pegging someone. <laughs> 
And then just stopping and like all of a sudden being like, look at the stars. Like, I just feel like the person would be going through a roller coaster of emotions. Oh, 100%. Um, I just, I promised, I promised my kid I would not make fun of the furry community today. <laughs> oh, and that's the thing is, I don't think it's about furries. I think it's like how, you know, every time we've read stories about, um, like anytime we do, especially in the early days when we were just um, really trying to figure out like niches and different things, like how many queer stories have we read that were very obviously written by a straight man? Like I think just right? a couple weeks ago, right? Literally last episode. The, yeah. Uh, we haven't published it yet, but like the Dykes on Bikes one, 100%. Yeah. Sandwich so, between two handsome men. They were lesbians. Let's be real. Yeah. Sorry. And so like, that's the energy. I don't think it has anything to do with the furry community. I think it's just one of the things that's come up especially nowadays when it's so easy to self-publish things like there are people who are just like putting out their like penthouse letter fantasies and like that's fine fill your boots but it's just so clear as a reader that it's like yeah especially like I, I would say my best example is like the times when we've read queer lit and it's like very obviously written by a woman who's had sex with a woman before her versus someone who's like a straight woman or a straight man I don't think we've ever read like queer men writing about queer women, although that would be interesting. But anyways, so this is not a slight against furries at all. It's a slight against that kind of thing where like you can write in a voice that's not your own, but like you got to sound realistic and this ain't it. So <clears throat> they are staring at the stars. <laughs> I can see on a, it on a picnic blanket that they've jizzed on multiple times at this point so that's the other thing too no one's just laying on a fucking jizz covered blanket and then being like look at the stars like it's just oh like, my god on the beach yeah so all their fucking jism is covered in gross it's insane. right that's what i'm saying that's when you're like this person is has not done this because if you would you would know it was a terrible idea and it would be like a funny story you told at parties and not something you'd write for people to jerk off to paw off to i apologize disgusting <laughs> sorry continue <laughs> you know what the elders say about the stars the puma thought for a minute but he never heard anyone talking about the stars hmm no what did they say they say every time two people finds their soulmate a star is born i'm reading it as it's written to be clear <laughs> That star becomes an everlasting symbol of their love. That even after they pass into the next world, their star will shine bright forever to give hope to the ones that have not found their soulmate yet. I bet you anything that star is our love star. Hyuji looked up questioningly. How do you know it's a new star? I couldn't tell you truthfully if it was a new one or not. I mean, they all look the same. How do you know? Easy that star sets in a small area just below the Eli star where there are no stars before. <laughs> <laughs> i know this because all my life i have looked up at that void and wondered wondered why there was not stars there after all there are stars all around that little area but never any in it not till tonight it's a bright one too do you see it kyuji looked up to the length of mitsuru's arm and followed it to a bright star in the middle of an otherwise empty void oh i see it that's a new star i've never seen it before are you sure? I'm like, did you not just explain? <laughs> Very! Exclamation mark, all caps. <laughs> okay, then why do you think it's our star? That's an easy one, too. Two spelt T-O. 
Do you see that cluster of stars that look like an upside down triangle setting on top of a normal triangle? Yes, what about it? Well, that's called the Wounded Hunter Cluster. And on the other side of the void, do you see those three stars that are very close together with five stars shaped like a V right above it? That is the Knowledge Tree Cluster. So there you go. It has to be us. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, but I don't understand. You're kidding me, right? I'm sorry, Mitsuru, but I don't see how that means one star has to be ours. Okay, that's the Wounded Hunter. That's not only your sign, but that's you, Misuro said, running his finger over the scars on Kiyui's right eye. And that's the knowledge tree, which is my sign. Okay, before you came to live here, there was a large ocean between us, represented by the void. You see it now? That has to be our love star. Oh, I get it. Sorry, you're the smart one. After explaining the love star to Kiyuji, Mitsuru went on pointing out star clusters and telling Kiyuji the story behind each one. What oh. the fuck? <laughs> now remember, the 40 pages prior to this <laughs> was hardcore banging, and then all of a sudden they're bickering about stars. You know what, though? In my, in like, the three that I read, it was definitely, like, a little bit of story, then, like, most of it was fucking, and then, like, it wrapped up. So, like, each story was a little over 20 pages of, like, book um, but it was, I would say, like, three quarters fucking. So I get it. I get it. No, I mean, and we've read books. I've read stories that were 100% fucking. It was just, like, gonzo porn. But pick a lane is my point. <laughs> That's my issue is, like, are we giving sap? Are we getting fucking? And you can mail both. But anyways, do not recommend. I hope we never do a fucking furry week ever again. <laughs> Same thing with I hope we never do shifters again. Not my jam. Wow. You know what? I, know, I, I, have been saying, I said it. I've been saying for seasons, for seasons, that we needed to get a person fucking an, a shifter in its animal form, that there were too many cowards not doing it, and yet <laughs> here it lands. I went to a whole convention. It just landed <laughs> in my lap, and you're saying, you'll never, I'm going to do it every week. Every week I'm going to have animals of some kind. <laughs> Well, my revenge will be that every week will be gay Amish. No, <laughs> that's um, that's not conceivable. There are three three gay Amish men of the world. Please, please. Tis true. Tis true. <laughs> uh, and they're in a throuple. Um, Aw, this. I want to read that book. <laughs> who, if you're listening to this and you're the brave soul who wants to write romance about <laughs> Amish thruples, gay Amish thruples, fucking hit us up, slide into the DMs. <laughs> we will fundraise or <laughs> just straight up pay for this this endeavor. Just Absolutely. I will print it like a zine and I will pass it out on street corners because this is the literature that the <laughs> canon has been missing. I will get it to the New York Times. <laughs> top, top of the list. Top of the list. It will be in the New Yorker, fucking you just hold on to your butts. We'll make it happen. Um, you know what we were talking about earlier, like an Amish male ally, like not tripping on the bar. I say that they take the bar and they raise raise a barn with it. That's what I... Um, yeah. <laughs> um, because we are in Hinge prior to recording this, we somehow started talking about the Amish and then started talking about... Um, a story that Renee had heard of someone who left their very, very um, conservative religious community because they were not accepting of their gay son. 
it was it was their it was their minister it was even better it was like the fucking minister of the amish community he was like nay nay that's yeah. not okay and he's like yeah Bye, god I love would my have kid. loved my son yes and so yeah the amish are true allies and maybe there is a true amish thruple somewhere and if someone wants to write that story please send it to me because i am dying to read it but we are not reading that next week but we are doing something a little bit different next week, and we're really excited about it. So I don't even know how to describe it in sneaky terms. It's just, it's going to be different, folks. And we're not giving you context, because I know you don't come here for context. We just throw <laughs> it in your face because we <laughs> love to talk. So We do. And uh, it's, it's related to, like, we're not veering too far off, but we're taking a little bit of a different uh, approach next week, which we're very excited about. So check back for that. And then as usual, week after week, we just keep giving you some zany unhinged shit peppered in with some really incredibly beautiful stuff, some spicy stuff. We got it all. So again, those of you who make it to the very end of our episodes, thank you. This is our, um, you know, big reminder that if you have a theme, if you have an author, if you have a particular book that you think we should read, don't hesitate. We take so many, like so many of the books that we've read over the years were because someone were like, you should really do X, Y, Z, or have you read this book? Um, so we love it and we include them every single time. So please keep them coming folks. Yeah. All of that. 10 yeah. out of 10 for what Julie just <laughs> said. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> um, what we thought was going to be a 30 minute episode is turned into an hour. So Julie, do you want to sing us out? Sure do. <clears throat> Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the show is created by Karen McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushigiyami. That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com.